0: future we're talking real money
1: well after a week without him we got him back again tom is back from his brief saturday in phoenix and back enjoying the uh the rainy weather in the seattle metro area where he resides while i'm down in florida hi everybody i'm don mcdonald welcome to the uh the show we call talking real money because well (laughs) it's what we do we we talk about money And you're invited to join us It's so easy Just give us a call at 855-935-TALK 855-935-8255 And we will defer to your questions and concerns Because the things that are going on with you Are the things that are most important to us So give us a call 855-935-TALK 855-935-8255 And... Um, Today, we want to touch on a topic that, well, came up many, many years ago, and we were so excited. We were thrilled that the Department of Labor, and these are the folks who run, who regulate retirement plans at work, your 401k and your 403b, not your 457. Anyway, they regulate your 401k and what can be done with it and and who can give advice. And they were putting in place a fiduciary standard. On all retirement plans that they regulate and the rollover of those plans. Now, the insurance industry had a conniption, particularly the insurance industry, because they're the the worst of all of the financial advice providers out there when it comes to giving advice that is not in your best interest. Although for some reason they seem to think it is, I. Are they delusional? Anyway, uh, so there's a new proposal, Tom, to uh, to regulate and to apply that fiduciary standard again to 401ks and the like.
2: You know, and it's a kind of a shocking number if you think about it. It's 10,000 Americans turn 65 every day. So there's a lot of people that have all this money that they've saved in employer plans, that are trying to decide what to do with it. Should I leave it in the plan? Should I roll it over to an individual retirement account, as you mentioned, Don? And what happens is when you move it out of an employer-sponsored plan, you're going out into the wild, wild west. You could be investing in a whole bunch of things you could not get in your employer plan, many of which could be expensive, as you just said, and many of which could be sold to you by someone who has their own interests ahead of yours. It, I, most people don't get this. If you tell them the person they're working with, wait, doesn't put their interest, pardon, pardon me, doesn't put my interest ahead of theirs. Most people well, are shocked Well, they told me that. they did. Yeah, they, they're shocked. They don't know that they're not getting 100% fiduciary advice. So yes, they did this, I think it was seven or eight years ago. It got kind of watered down in between. And now the Biden administration is trying again to make this happen. And and it's going to be a mess in the courts. Again, you can count on all of that. I just glad that they bring it out to the fore. but I love reading quotes like this. The insured retirement Institute, which represents the annuity industry said there is no need for the proposed regulations since insurance agents are already required to act in the best interest of customers. So I must've missed something along the way.
1: According to whom? In what world are they required to act in the client's best interest? I, 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 there. Then why are so many? Okay, here's the question for him. Darn it, we can't ask him. Why are so many people in 403b plans and IRAs invested in variable annuities, which everyone would agree are inferior to just investing in? No-load, index-style mutual funds. Uh, There uh, there are no honest people on this planet who would disagree with that. No honest people. Um, It might be interesting to get, if they want to call and
2: discuss it with us, we're happy to, by the way. Well, I mean, think, why is that, though?
1: Why is an annuity inferior, a variable annuity, which is an annuity with funds, why is it inferior? It's a simple answer.
2: Uh, The cost? There you go. The lack of liquidity? They always
1: cost more always just that one reason makes them inferior that one reason and that one reason also makes them a non-fiduciary sale we'll be back
0: tom and don are talking real money
1: do you suffer from hodgepodgeitis? I'm Don McDonald, and hodgepodgeitis is a disease of your investment portfolio whose symptoms include lots of stocks, loads of random loaded mutual funds, and maybe an annuity or two. Most who suffer from Hodgepogitis dread opening quarterly portfolio statements. They feel lost and confused. Investing seems overwhelming and the financial future uncertain. If you believe you suffer from hodgepodgeitis, see a 100% fiduciary investment advisor immediately. A proper diagnosis is the first step to creating a portfolio with a purpose based on a personal plan. Start on the road to recovery now by scheduling a free meeting with an appella advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. There is no cost, obligation, or high-pressure sales pitch. Take the first step at TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. Hodgepodgeitis is not a real disease, but treating it has been shown to improve mood, reduce fear, and even lead to a brighter financial future. Results may vary.
0: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom
1: and Don are talking real money. Call us at 855-935-TALK. Please, we'd love to help you with your money stuff. We thrive on that. We love answering questions, and it's so easy to do. You just call 855-935-TALK. And Tom is there to help. Right, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. Ring it up. So enthusiastic today. Ah. So the level of enthusiasm is off the charts. Ah. Uh, but right now, we're talking about investment advice providers behaving badly. And here's the problem. I honestly believe they think they are doing the right thing. I do believe that. I think that insurance guy has actually had big, big, big pitchers full of the, the Kool-Aid. Gallons and gallons of it, just slurping it out of the spigot. Uh, that they use to convince themselves that the stuff that they sell to people with these high fees, surrender charges, and big fat commissions to the agents are actually good for people. That's the only way I can see how they would do it and still consider themselves nice, honorable people. Institutionalized. I mean, this is, as you said, the Kool-Aid,
2: whatever group they're part of, as as convince them of that uh, here's a couple other things to think about before you do anything about rolling over your money and number one would be really only roll it over if you're going to do so to a 100% fiduciary that's it not duly registered not insurance, or or, none of it.
1: or if you're managing it on your own and Correct. you're using somebody like Vanguard or Fidelity and no load funds or ETFs uh, that are that are evidence-based type products, either index or or uh, asset allocation type products.
2: And you didn't mention, probably my favorite today in terms of custodians would be Schwab, but one of those major oh, custodians, correct. Yeah, so mentioned. that would be one. Number two is I have a, I this weird, it, it seems to happen. I had a couple conversations just, just this last week with some people that just got laid off And just got to get the money out of there right now. Why are you in a hurry? I mean, this is, you don't have to make a decision within a week or two weeks or three. You got it. It always gets back to this thing, Don. We talk about so much on this show that people have a tendency to say, how should I go invest the money? Well, I don't know because I have known nothing about your plan. How much income do you need off this? How much risk do you want to take with this? That got to come first before we say, okay, moving it over to Vanguard and putting it in XYZ fund. And most people, they just, they, it's all about the investing, not about the sort of financial slash retirement income plan. Which I get it; it's not as interesting, it's not as exciting. But at the end of the day, that's the thing that's going to drive really
1: the (sighs) results. Here's the thing this stuff is not supposed to be exciting this is this is your future that have have fun doing something else jump out of an airplane climb a mountain scuba dive you know uh, uh, zip line uh, do something crazy just named all the things i'm never going to do so. right <laughs> Right or or sit in the basement and watch yeah. television.
2: That'll work. That'll work. That'll, That'll work. Yeah, that there. works yeah, for me too. Oh happy. oh,
1: referee a soccer game when you're oh, in your sixties.
2: Yeah. Okay. There's a little bit of terror. Okay, there. you I do, do that
1: one. There's a lot of terror there. There's <laughs> a lot. A lot. So,
2: but again, back back to it. A plan, right? Don't be in a hurry. Only 100 percent fiduciary. But here's another thing. Yes, I know. I get it. It's really a sleepy time. But here's here's another one. Okay. Don't just do it because somebody that, you know, told you to do it. That's the other one I'm seeing all the time. Well, I know somebody who knows somebody or somebody at work said, go talk to Joe or somebody came to our place of work and years ago and said here, when you do retire, call me. And it turned out they were a member of the aforementioned insurance industry that has an expensive loaded product to unload on you. So, yeah, these, this is this is such a – you talk about big financial decision, really, at the end of the day, this is probably bigger than the housing decision everybody says is the biggest,
1: right? No, this because is much money bigger is for most best, people. Yeah,
2: it is. I mean, and if you've spent a career
1: it. with a company, you could have hundreds of thousands of dollars in this plan. And that's a big deal. So
2: – um Yeah, I'm glad that the Biden administration has taken this up. I'm glad that it's being discussed again, because the discussion will bring to the fore at least the the things people need to know about. And here's the other one. If somebody tells you they're a fiduciary, make sure they're a 100 percent fiduciary because everybody is duly registered, basically, in this world. And they're not 100 percent. So they could still sell you into a product that is not in your best interest.
1: Most sole insurance agents, though, are not dual. They are not required to act as fiduciaries. And I'm going to, you know, people love rules of thumb. We do. We love the 4% rule and the if it's too good to be true, it is. You know, if it's too, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, but not always is. And 4% rule works some of the time. Well, I have a rule of thumb when it comes to investing your money, your retirement money, your any money. Never, ever, 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 ever work with anybody who either works for an insurance company. You can buy insurance from them. I'm okay with that. Buy property and casualty life insurance. You just have a good old time buying insurance. Never invest with somebody who works for an insurance company or who is uh, presenting a product that has an insurance company's name in the title of it somewhere. I think that's just a good rule of thumb. Are, yep. Is it always bad to do so? No. But is it most of the time? I I feel like yes. I think
2: it is. Even if you don't end up in an annuity, you end up generally in higher expensive mutual funds, generally paying more, and generally active management. In other words, they, they bring people in that can see the future. So they say they can see the future. So there you go.
1: 855-935-TALK is our phone number we're trying to save your future we're trying to save your life that's why it's so important that you call just as Sam did Sam welcome to Talking Real Money Sam I am not hearing Sam hello oh I am hearing Sam hello Hello, Sam what's up
3: yeah hi nothing much thanks for taking my call Uh, you know so, I had a quick question about small cap value. Small I, cap value. Uh, v- yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so I use the, the Vanguard ETF VBR, mm-hmm. and I listen to Paul Merriman, and uh, of course, you guys all the time, long-time listener, first-time caller, but, you know, uh, we get the best-in-class recommendation from Paul Merriman and Chris Patterson, and then they'd keep changing it depending on what funds come, and then I started investing in like about like six, eight years ago, and then I started VBR because that was a good, that is a a good No, VBR is a good fund. No,
1: VBR is fine.
3: But Yeah, yeah, but then now the event came a couple of years ago, like 2019, 2020, and then uh, so now that's the best in class recommendation but my concern is should i change it because uh, because then it will everything tax it in my brokerage account and i don't want that so i know i mean if you have capital gains it's good to take taxes but is it so much of a difference? I know the you know size of the company is smaller and more value in um, yep.
1: and 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 and, and, and Sam and- Sam that's that's all there is to it. The difference between VBR and AVUV is very small. It's incremental, and if it's a small part of your portfolio, as it probably should be. We wouldn't suggest making any changes. Paul and us, we try to keep up with what's newer and slightly better. And with new money, use AVGE, but don't make any change. You don't need to sell VBR and move it all over. Don't pay that much attention to us. Tom and
0: Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money.
1: Real money because it's really, really, really important to you. I'm done. Over there is Tom. Say hi. Yeah.
0: I'm loving he, this
1: show. So thanks for he does. He does take orders well. He's so well trained. <laughs> Your wife has got you trained. Listen, it's like jump. I yes, sir, said it was ma'am. My dad, the military. Oh, guy, yeah. No I'll kidding. With it. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Before I go to the next caller, um, Tom is almost exactly like the male version of my wife. Not as That's cute. That's a little scary. Not as cute. Uh, well, that because that, because they were both raised by colonels, Air Force colonels, and and there's something to be said for that military upbringing. It makes for a God. What's the what's, what's on, the right on, word? What, what, what are you what's say? the on, right word? It makes yeah. for a more rigid personality, orderly. a more orderly. Yeah, yeah. Not, and, and whereas I was raised as a, like a wolf, and uh, you know. <laughs> I, I, mom's I just
2: not listening.
1: So. so stuff, she knows, she knows. She was on the road. We were raised by housekeepers or wolves. If that's, we couldn't find a housekeeper. Uh, it's a 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255. Uh, John, you're up next. Welcome to the program.
4: Wow, uh, thank you very much. And I apologize up front if this is a re- repeat question, but uh, I'm the grandfather of five. The oldest one is five years old. Um, I'm wondering where should I put, and I'm putting away $1,000 each for their birthdays.
1: Okay, $1,000, um, bucks. you are putting away 1000 yes. bucks for each of five children every year. Got
3: it. Okay. Every
1: year. Got it.
4: Um, and I'm wondering what's the best place to put it. Mm-hmm. If we've got a 25-year timeline, I'm very open to aggressive. I'm open to 100% equity. I'm comfortable with international. I'm comfortable with small value.
1: Let me ask you a couple of important questions, though, John. Uh, So this money is not intended for higher education? No. Okay. This money, you you said 25 years and high risk, but so the intent is maybe it's not retirement then either, is it?
4: Uh, no, it's a gift to them when I pass away. So I'm looking for the money to all go up to, like when you die, everything gets brought up to current value, so there's there will be
1: no... Um, oh, so you're investing income. this yourself for their benefit, and it will be in your will? Yes. Okay, so you're yeah, investing I'll it just it. internally in your own account for them, but, but they don't get it until you die. So they get a step up. Oh, pretty smart. So you're just wondering what kind of investment, aggressive investments to make. I would go ahead. I mean,
2: we've talked about this fund ad nauseum, but I would take the (laughs) max risk, right? Because you want the max growth. You don't care about any stability. The ups and downs of volatility, big deal. So I would go ahead and uh, put it in our old friendly AVGE, which is the Avantis Global Equity Fund. It's all in stock, so it's going to move around a lot. It should get great growth and it has that little bit of tilt if you will to small and to value that the academics say is going to make you more money well has made you more we never know about the future but has made you more i think that's it, it's cheap it's one mm-hmm. fund you don't have to worry about it you put it in there and then god bless you when you're gone they take that and hopefully it's gone to the moon between now and then
1: yeah and the other great thing about it is because it is an etf it will have minimal Capital gains distribution. In fact, it won't have any, cap- it shouldn't have any capital gains distributions along the way like a mutual fund would because they're buying and selling. And uh, that means that almost all the growth is going to be growth of capital, which in your scenario passes to the kids without a taxable event at all. So I'm with Tom. I think AVGE would just be a marvelous tool. And then you don't really need to think about it, worry about it. Now, bear in mind, this is important to understand going in. AVGE or any fund like it has the potential to fall 50% in value in a single year at least based on what's happened in the past. It could be even more, we don't know that. The the decline sh- could be precipitous, but for a long-term decline to take hold would require the near destruction of the global economy which I think is far-fetched. So, I think John that would just be the a great place and it's a great strategy because you protect the money you get to keep it away from them when they're in that uh, less than responsible phase as young adults 855-935-TALK
0: Tom and Don are talking real money reality radio for a really great future we're talking real money
1: and the reason we talk about money the way we do is because we want you to understand that despite what Wall Street and Insurance Street, what is the Insurance Street? They're all over the place. So I can't, you know, I can't say like Hartford Street, uh, but they don't want you to, to know how easy this really is. They, they, they would like you to be confused. <laughs> I mean, really, they want you they want to keep you confused. You know what they say about mushrooms, keep them in the dark and you, you know, shovel stuff on them. Um, It's it. But it's so, 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 so simple. It's so much simpler than you uh, probably imagine to manage your money. Uh, and, And even if you need help, the help is not as doesn't need to be as expensive as what uh, it's been for you so far if you want a little help though free right now just call us right now at 855-935-TALK 855-935-8255 i'm don mcdonald in florida tom Cock is your host in lovely seattle where it's been raining and um
2: thunder lightning thunder,
1: thunder. that doesn't happen very often there
2: no it's unusual we- weather don
1: we get it all the time here in Florida. Different deal, different deal. Uh, But the problem, one of the biggest problems with this industry is that there is so much garbage. There is so much confusion and complication. And one of the areas in which there is a great deal of that, uh, where really, I think almost every investor involved in this part of the financial industry are, are literally living in the dark. I don't think there's much light that has ever been shown on this industry in reality. And that's. The lovely, lovely land of crypto.
2: You know, it's in- a fascinating this story with Sam Bankman Fried, which just I basically ended. Although I guess it's next March until he really gets sentenced, and its expectation he's going to get twenty to twenty five years, something like that. Which is in on the human side, horrible to think somebody's going to go. I mean, at age thirty, that you're so much of your life's going to be gone. But I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. Okay, I'm just saying it's tragic no, he deserves it. But there's some great lessons here that I wish people would take to heart because wasn't it? There's people just throw money at things. Like, do you remember the dot com era in the late 90s? You you just had to be in that, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, AOL. Got to buy AOL. Got to do it. There's been, we could go through the litany of things, but cryptocurrency, really about 2017. You can remember, Don, we were on the air. People were calling us all the time about, got it. What about Mm -hmm. crypto? What about Bitcoin? Got to do it. Just blah, blah, blah. And Sam Bankman Fried came along. And said, "Wait, I could make money just you know being the the place where people go trade this stuff." And then all of a sudden, boom, he's worth twenty three billion dollars. And he admitted along the way that this really was a just operating a casino, right? People were betting on whatever was going to happen that day with crypto. It turns out they moved some money from one place to another. Didn't? It's it, it, it's just awful. But again, the thing for me is truly that when you look at this tragedy because people have lost billions of dollars, right? And they're going to say, why? And the answer is, (laughs) it's pretty simple. There's no (laughs) transparency in any of this. And part two, frankly, there's no regulation in any of this. I mean, do you really want to put your money someplace where there's no regulation, period? Oh,
1: but you know, to that point, there was an editorial in the Wall Street Journal of all places. That uh, that was trying to use the SBF case, the the uh, FTX, the Sam Sam Bankman Freed case, as an example of how the 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 regulatory industry works. That at least we have the Justice Department to step in in cases as egregious as this one, and therefore the Securities and Exchange Commission does not need to regulate cryptocurrencies now. Boy, the Wall Street Journal is very laissez-faire when it comes to protecting consumers. And, and I'm sorry, I am I, and I have been for most of my life a free market Republican until I'm not going to tell you, um, but uh, there are limits to free markets. And crypto is one of those areas where there's way too much confusion and very little true transparency as to what you're getting, what it's worth, what the future is for it, what good is it? There needs to be more clarity and information provided to investors.
2: And if it's even there, I mean, again, these are you're putting money in a depository that has no regulation. Which you want to read more about this. I mean, I just finished Michael Lewis's book, which is not some of his best work, but it's a fascinating look at young people that just decided, hey, this is a great way to get rich. And the entire book, by the way, they say, then we're going to take it and we're going to be these altruists. We're going to go out and fix the world. Oops, didn't quite work out that way.
1: Huh, yeah, and uh he spent more money on himself than he spent on fixing the world. And that's one of the problems. We we are a greedy species. I mean, since the 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 the, the our days on the African savanna, we've always been clubbing the other tribe to take all their stuff, and that's this is just another example of it. The the the, the ends, they claim justified the means, you know, the the better world he was going to create justified all the things he did. But the fact of the matter is he literally stole people's money, Yep, billions and billions of dollars. It is no different, no different than me walking up to you on a dark street with a weapon and taking your wallet. There is no difference. And the punishment, I don't think, is too extreme.
2: Yeah, well, we'll we'll see what that all is. He was a guy that was recognized as perhaps the next Warren Buffett, which is kind of an odd thing. Uh, He was a guy that acted disinterested in all of this, Don. But then when you go and look at the facts of the matter, $15 million spent on private plane flights, $35 million spent on housing for him and his friends. So this was not a project where they were living low to try to help other people. They were living pretty high. If you're honest with yourself, here—that's
1: a yeah, lot. Of money. Actually, you know, when I sit down and do the math, I—I I, uh, realize that uh, both of us combined haven't spent thirty-five million on housing over our entire lives. No, not, actually. Not all of us and everyone we know combined yeah, much, yeah. haven't spent point. thirty-five million dollars on housing over our lives because we don't know any billionaires. You know any billionaires? I actually do know one. Yeah. Okay, then except for Tom, all the people I know. People and he knows I even me. know several multi Yeah, he would, he, would, he, would, he would
2: know
1: who I was. He's I wouldn't special. Call us He's more special. Friends.
0: Tom and Don are talking real money.
1: Do me a favor. Grab your latest investment statements if you know where they are. How many do you have? A lot? How many different investments are in each statement? A bunch? Do you own individual stocks, bonds, sector funds, and stuff you don't understand? Yeah, I thought so. I'm Don McDonald, and I'm pretty sure you have a case of hodgepodgeitis. But don't worry, it's not terminal and can be cured. But it takes three things. A bit of time, some fiduciary guidance, and a plan. There's a problem, though. Most financial advisors can't or won't provide any of those. That's where we come in. Tom and I will provide you the help you need to overcome hodgepodgeitis in a free, no-obligation meeting with an appella advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. So, scan or take a picture of all those pages you gathered, then go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on Meet an Advisor, and set up a free appointment online or by phone when it's convenient for you. Let us sort through the mess and help you get started on a better, simpler future plan. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004.
0: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
1: And welcome back to our glorious program where we try to enlighten America as to the best way to manage the money that matters most to them, to you, all of you. Give us a call, though, if you've got a question every Saturday from noon to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern, 855 935 8255 855 935. Talk. But the funny thing about that number. Is that if we're not here, instead of it forwarding to us, it forwards to the magical internet voicemail, which is no longer a little machine with a cassette tape in it. It's not a any. It's kind of like cryptocurrency. Does it really exist? It's out in the yeah, ether. It's there. I know. Just it's kind of it. strange. Can't touch but it. What? Can't but the result it. is the result is we get these questions from time to time, like hello. I was
3: wondering, is there any other type of investment other than buying homes, period? I'm going to be getting
2: about $3 million and not quite sure what to do with it. It's a 1031 exchange. And any input on that, I would really appreciate. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: Oh my, Tom! The 1031 exchange mm. question—you get you get you get income coming in. You you got a capital gain from investment property. Yep. And of course, if you're like there, you're not a red-blooded American unless you're totally opposed and refuse to pay capital gains tax on money you make. And there are very few assets on which you can take a capital gain and then defer that capital gain. Real estate just happened to, you can do it with an annuity. Yep. It's called a 1035 exchange, or you can do it with real estate. It's called a 1031 exchange. But is there anything you can do other than real estate? I guess you could be like Jeff Bezos, move to a new state. And by real no, estate, kidding.
2: that won't help you in his in no. his case. He they, he may have moved to avoid Washington's capital gains tax. But uh, no, they're really, uh, We'll get back to
1: that because know, I'm, I'm tell- Debbie and I were talking topic. about it. She goes, "Wait a minute, isn't Washington tax free?" I said, "Oh no, no, no! There's well, the new capital free. gains tax." No, no, no. Well, Jim, uh, at income she tax meant meant free, income yeah. Uh, and uh, so I said, no. "No, no, no! There's the new yeah. capital gains tax." Yeah, but 7%. anyway, go ahead.
2: No, ten thirty. We're talking about a, another wealth tax. I think for people over. After over two hundred and fifty million, Uh, so which he'd also he'd be have to register for. I don't know of anything. I mean, again, this is this, but people that want to do a ten thirty one, really, what you're saying is you're kicking the can down the road. I still want to be in real estate, and if your goal is to sort of be
1: out, uh, of no, real he doesn't sound like time. he wants to be in real estate. It's a goal. It sounds like like there anything other than real estate, dude? Help me.
2: There are a lot of things, but nothing that's going to be you can exchange it directly for that will avoid the cat the tax. No.
1: Yeah, so what you have to do is go into another like-kind property. Yeah. Um, So it depends on what kind of property, but you you can probably, most things come into the like-kind category. There's always a way creative lawyers will get around that. Uh, But the reality is, if you don't want to pay that tax now, you're either going to eventually have to pay it. If you make a profit on the next property and sell it, you're going to have to pay it. Unless your intent is to kick the can way down the road to the end of the road <laughs> I see. past yeah. the end of the road. You're going to kick the can into a six foot hole Yeah, mm-hmm. and then let your kids take the real estate on a stepped up cost basis.
2: Right. Then they would not, they would, wouldn't have to pay tax if they sold it within a short right. period of time. But I, this is, this is just one of those things, you know, it's just, as you said, people, they don't want to have to pay. I don't want to pay any tax. Well, I think you made money, right? So what's the problem? Pay something.
1: Well, yeah, and it's like Jeff Bezos moving to Florida. Jeff, you made a lot of money. You know, you made a lot of money in Washington State. Do you honestly think? I mean, really, do you feel good about taking all those gains somewhere else so you can avoid paying taxes on them? The uh, rumor
2: it, is, the rumor is he wanted to be neighbors with Pitbull. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the rumor he wanted to live next door.
1: They could they could head shave together.
2: They could head shave together. They could head butt yeah. together. They could play the music. <laughs> they could do a lot of that dancing. Uh, no, I mean it's an interesting thing. So maybe he's
1: closer to the rockets.
2: Cape true. Canaveral. Well, I think they are, they're there. I think Blue Origin is moving most of their work to Florida as a result of this, which is the thing he's focused more on than Amazon. But yeah, it's gonna it's gonna cut into Washington's expected large uh, you know gains. They were gonna get large taxes. They were gonna get from him eventually selling off his stock if he was ever going to do that, I guess.
1: Yeah. My, my real point is, um, do you like living here America? I'm talking about, do, do you like, do you like the things that your taxes and our taxes, all of our taxes get you like a nicely paved road, uh, a uh an airport a uh I would think old, more of
2: the security issue in today's world where Oh, you
1: mean those you mean those aircraft carriers?
2: I'm thinking more of the fact that there's no missiles flying over your head. There's it's kind of safer in many ways yeah, I'm, than Yeah, I I'm a big fan. World.
1: Actually, I I I never I, I mean I don't like it because it's like, oh, there goes some more money, but I don't begrudge the government a chunk of my money. <laughs> I just don't Take some. You need it. Just don't waste it.
2: Doesn't mean you shouldn't be smart about it. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be. You've just mentioned before, uh, if you use an exchange traded fund, the taxation on that is far less than it would be on a mutual fund. There are things like that to be smart about, but Mm -hmm. unless you really just want to stay in the real estate business, I would be selling. I would be paying my tax and moving on to something that's more liquid and uh, sort of easier to use, right? Because once the money's in real estate, again, it's harder to get at it in many cases.
1: And depending on the real estate and how, if it's a, sounds like for him, it's a business. And that's really what it comes down to. Real estate as an investment is worse than most people think, or has been in the past worse than most people think, particularly residential real estate, homes, your own home. Uh, Commercial real estate in, in various iterations at times has been great. but woe to those who own shopping malls for example right now aren't you glad you didn't buy a shopping mall 10 years ago aren't you glad you didn't buy an office building 10 years ago
2: yeah i mean with no one going back to work since the pandemic not a great place to be either so you know again this is (laughs) we run into this so much i just don't want to pay tax well then you're right do the 1031 exchange continue to manage real estate and get on with your life if you're willing to you know Pay the part of the tax and get out of it. That would be my recommendation.
1: Yeah, um, it just right. It depends on whether it's a business decision or not. It is not really a, a financial. What well, shouldn't be just a financial one. Should be a lifestyle one too. Because owning real estate is hard to do, and um, owning a diverse portfolio is what we believe to be the best way. Oh, before speaking of diverse portfolios, there was a review on Apple podcast uh, yeah apple Podcasts from one of the listeners who hates me and apparently there are a lot of people who hate me and basically he took me to task for being an old-fashioned with my uh advice on bonds tom where i'm like well, right. I'm, I'm the, the only one right. saying i'm the only one here saying that you should still have bonds in your portfolio Tom. And he basically even said Tom is smarter than Don because he doesn't say that. <laughs> I, I think that would be an
2: inaccurate statement. He better listen a little closely, more closely, because, yes, I would hold bonds. By the way, interesting on bonds, they now back to about break even for the year as uh, yields have been going down here in the last week or so. So, yeah, bonds should be there for stability in your portfolio reduce overall volatility when you add in stock so i don't know where they're getting the notion that i don't like bonds but they that would be not accurate
1: yeah he doesn't say we should because of the booming debt and interest rates that we should advise anybody have bonds in their portfolio we never we never suggest long-term bonds we always suggest short intermediate and they will
0: work probably in the future tom and don are talking real money For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money.
1: And by the way, bonds have worked for decades and then they haven't worked for a while uh, as a as a tool to, quote, de-risk a uh, stock bond portfolio. And so there will be times when they don't work and we don't know how long they'll last. But we still believe that bonds are at least have been a far more stable component as long as they're not long term. And if you want to talk with some, some advisors, some people who do this day to day, and you want to spend a little time with somebody talking about this, talking about bonds and why or why not you should have them in your portfolio, set up an appointment to talk with one of our advisors. Here's the thing you're going to get. You're going to get free free advice, free information, no cost, no obligation. You're not going to get a high pressure sales pitch. You're just going to get helped because we believe everybody deserves some help an honest second opinion, talkingrealmoney.com.
0: The opinions and views expressed on this podcast were current on the date recorded. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice, including any forward-looking estimates or statements, which are based on certain expectations and assumptions. Although information and opinions given have been obtained from or based on sources believed to be reliable, no warranty or representation is made as to their correctness, completeness, or accuracy. Information presented on the podcast is not personalized investment advice from Appella Wealth. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for everyone. This podcast does not identify all the risks, direct or indirect, or other considerations which might be material to you when entering any financial transaction. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and profitable results cannot be guaranteed. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. The podcast is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Wealth, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Please see Appella Wealth's ADV Part 2A on our website for information regarding Appella Fees and services. Appella Capital, LLC, DBA, Appella Wealth, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The firm only transacts business in the states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration with the SEC or any state securities authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Appella does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing either stated or implied here should be inferred as providing such advice. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and important disclosure related to performance
3: of any specific index or fund quoted in this podcast.
0: Is anybody still listening?